Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mark Zuckerberg finally revealed the new name of Facebook. I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. Meta? Meta. What? Yeah, Meta, as in uh, when I joined Facebook, I met a lot of crazy people. This feels like uh, when there's an E. coli outbreak at a pizza place and they just changed the name from Sal and Tony's to Tony and Sal's. (laughs) Same gross owners, yeah. um. That's pretty funny. Uh, we have clips of the week coming up in a moment or two. Uh, Jack has got the foul she fever. Oh, and I keep saying we're going to get into that whole gain-of-function, lawyerly, uh, technicality stuff. Who's telling the truth? Dr. Fauci or Rand Paul? Um, Dr. Fauci or us? Because we've been claiming he's being dishonest. So we'll try to get to that uh, this hour. Uh, I thought this was kind of funny. Oh, 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 she can't hear it live. Well, maybe she can listen to the podcast. Carrie in SoCal. Um Happy Friday, super spreaders. Earlier this week, you talked about Mike Rowe. Love that guy. Inside my wackadoodle head, there's a connection between you two and Mike. Here's my topic. Mike Rowe is how I remember who's Getty and who's Armstrong. Jack's got the Fauci fever. He's home. He's feeling bad. Uh, I just have the sniffles, and I'm waiting for my COVID test. I'm pretty sure it's just a cold, because I feel great, uh, other than being sniffly. Um, so anyway. I suppose you could listen to uh, the entire show today and just uh, think, all right, this is Joe, this is Joe, this is Joe's voice, this is Joe. Not that it matters, but... Um, so anyway, Carrie writes, here's how I tell the difference. You're a radio duo. Your listeners must decipher by your voices only who is Armstrong, who is Getty. Although I'll occasionally identify myself. Here's how I do it. Jack Armstrong is just Jack. Not sure what that means exactly, but okay, we'll move on. Joe Getty's voice, however, shares a resonant deep quality with micro of dirty jobs. Get a job. Getty job. And there you go. Joe, get a job. <laughs> Have you considered being good at your jobs? <laughs> the guy who sounds like Mike Rowe is Joe Getty. Joe, get a job. Go, get, Joe, get a job. <laughs> it takes my brain less than a second to go through that little routine and ID the appropriate entertainer by voice. Craziest mnemonic device that's ever come out of my head. Congrats, Carrie from SoCal. Thank you, Carrie. That's kind of funny. Um, bother. Where are? We? Oh, oh, oh! My God, we need to uh, we need to touch on again. The Biden administration is talking about paying four hundred and fifty thousand dollars to every illegal immigrant who got separated from their family during the Trump administration. So, if it's mom and junior, or mom and dad, that's just under a million dollars. Because they came across the border illegally. And the clearly stated policy was, you will be apprehended and detained, and we can't keep men and women together, and we can't keep children with adults. That's what the law says. Now, because lawyers are looking to get rich, you, the taxpayer, I'm me, the taxpayer, are going to have to pay these people $450,000 each. Families might be getting $3.5 million. Some more to come on that. But first... A little cheerier note, always entertaining. I look forward to it all week. It's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. What's going on here? So let's start by exploring what different kinds of metaverse experiences could feel like. (laughs) 
I had the COVID. I'm now calling it the Fauci China flu. Or... How about General Fauci's hot and sour flu? First of all, Halloween. I would say put on those costumes, stay outside, and enjoy your trick-or-treating. If you go trick-or-treating while you're hungry, you'll be tempted to sample some of your treats while you're out. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. This is not the answer to the problems America faces right now. Would ensure that children uh, don't aren't drinking poisoned water. Are you against that? I hope you understand how much a trillion is. A trillion seconds ago, Neanderthals walked walked the earth. It's quite a spectacular vision that President Biden has put forth. I salute him for it. The framework under which we have guidance about the conduct of research that we fund, the funding at the Wuhan Institute was to be able to determine what is out there in the environment in bat viruses in China. These people are nuts. (laughs) They really are. They're so up their own heinies. How's the view up there? They've been walking for three days. A new migrant caravan. 3,000 strong from all over the world. Russia's cyber attacks continue. Microsoft telling over 600 customers they had been attacked close to 23,000 times. Uh, What we saw was a very significant event of a test of a hypersonic uh, uh, weapon system. Um, And it is very concerning. This is an enormous change in the character of war. We're going to have to adjust our military going forward. What are you doing? We actually had a fan who was trying to climb into the broadcast booth. She said, I'm a veteran and I'm looking for a drink. Ahaha. A haha. Wow. A single haha. <laughs> we don't have time to be wasting on these phony, trumped up culture wars. Do you understand? I cannot understand the word you're saying. Your performance is shameful. That's not. Thank, thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You should resign in disgrace, Judge. You have to answer the question. Am I canceled or not? They're probably going to come for us at some point, the the cancel culture police. I don't know. I'm just kind of, I accept it. It's fine. Too stubborn to change. So we've been talking a lot about the president's, uh, well, the Democratic Party's would-be gigantic bills to turn America into France. And uh, Dave makes a really good point via email. You can mail uh, email us rather at uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, on the topic of universal government paid pre-K, he says uh, another point on this is that we already give subsidized and free daycare. We don't need to do anything more. I put my two children through daycare in lovely Santa Cruz, California. We knew the owners of the home businesses, and they were bilingual, which is what we wanted. We paid normal fare. However, most of the kids, other than ours, were there because their parents applied and were granted free services. The daycare received money from the government instead of the parents for food and pre-K services. The owners just need to follow the basic governance rules and would be subject to government audits. The service probably exists in all the states and counties and not just Santa Cruz, California. Can we come to our senses with logic instead of wokeness? By the way, Dave mentions they moved their family to Henderson, Nevada last year because of all the nonsense in California. Don't blame me a bit there, Dave. Yeah, and and as we've been discussing on the show, uh, and and y'all know this, if your parents are little kids, you know this, it's nearly impossible to find good daycare. And and obviously, there's so much demand. If the supply could meet it, it would. But if I were to open Joe and Judy's compassionate daycare tomorrow, 
our our challenge would be there's nobody to hire somebody who is uh, of uh, respectable enough background and good common sense and a non-criminal and willing to work and kind and, and compassionate and patient with children the rest of it there's just not enough people to deal with the market as it is now which is why it's so difficult and expensive to get child care child care the idea that we're going to unleash you know 750,000 new child care centers around the country and it's essentially going to be free and all of the people flocking to get that free child care, somehow we're going to uh, we're going to find people to man those posts. There's just there's nothing. There's there's nothing there. There's no answer to those questions. Talk to uh, uh, what the, what the heck's her name? Uh, Ms. Westwood from the Washington Examiner uh, earlier. And she said, oh, no, nobody's really talked about that at all. In fact, there's very little flesh on the bones at all. So it's just it's just spending. It's just spreading entitlements that'll never go away to try to get enough people to be dependents on the government plantation that they have to vote Democrat over and over again. It's it's obvious what's happening, but I suppose there are some sincere Marxists among them, and, you know, you got to give them points for sincerity, even as they espouse a uh, political philosophy that will probably lead to the deaths of hundreds of millions more people before we're all done, but... Uh, Oh, man, it's just crazy. But so far, so good. Gridlock is good. Nothing has passed uh, on the boondoggle bills, the Francification bills. I do want to talk about what's going on at the border, though, in a moment or two, including this idea of paying a settlement with everybody who is separated from their family. More money than maybe you'll make in your entire lifetime. More money than we pay our fighting men and women by far. Because they snuck across the border. We said, all right, you go that way. You go that way, you'll come together again after your detention. For that, they're going to make more money than a Marine will his entire career. Okay, we'll talk about that and much more to come. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Operation Lone Star is the effort by the state of Texas to crack down on illegal immigration crime. Humvees are starting to line high-traffic areas in hopes of deterring the large caravan making its way through Mexico. Since March, the Texas Department of Public Safety says it has made over 1,400 arrests for trespassing. The state also says it has seized 10,000 pounds of marijuana, more than 3,000 pounds of cocaine and meth, and 132 pounds of fentanyl, a staggering amount that equates to 30 million lethal doses. Wow, wow. And we'll get back to the border and some border issues in a moment or two. First, though, Michael, do you have the uh, the fanfare handy? Uh, um, I don't know. I'll, I'll cue you. Here we go. I have gotten the results of my COVID test. And my results, like my attitude, negative. Negative, I do not have Chairman Xi's bat fever. I am indeed afflicted with the first cold I've had since early 2020, I guess. Late 2019. Anyway, so Jack's got the vid. I do not. What are you going to do? This was a good test, too, a serious test. So, all right, on with life. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, the story is this. Oh, you know what? Let's, let's start with Tucker Carlson. I like the way he characterized this. Clip 82, Michael. 
As the guy who runs the Babylon Bee told us recently, it is getting tough to run a parody site in this country. No matter how creative your jokes may be, it is almost impossible to be more ludicrous than reality already is. Brace yourselves if you haven't heard this already. The Biden administration is considering awarding $450,000 per person to families separated at the border during the Trump years. $450,000 per person. So if it's just dad and junior, that's just under a million dollars in a settlement. A million dollars. For a family, it can be up to 3.5 million. I'm sorry, 3.4. Let's be accurate here. 3.4 million dollars because you broke the law. You forced your way into the country. And then according to the laws of the time, which were made infinitely clear, we will separate you from your kids because we can't detain adults with children. It's against the law. Now, whether the Trump administration could have done that better or reunited people more quickly or more effectively, yeah, they probably could. Governance is difficult, particularly when you have hundreds of thousands of people rushing across the border all the time because you haven't finished the friggin' wall. Anyway. $450,000, the ACLU, which I used to be a member of. I remember as a kid growing up in Chicagoland. They were were at the heart of that big controversy between the the Klan, I think it was, or was it the American Nazi Party? Well, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other. Anyway, they demanded the right to march through Skokie, Illinois, which is a heavily Jewish suburb of Chicago. And there are Holocaust deniers and Nazis. And obviously, that's a loathsome, loathsome thing to do. But the ACLU went to the courts and they said, look, these guys get their free speech just like everybody else. If we start saying, no, they're too mean or radical, then uh, we'll notice everybody's free speech rights being eroded. And and I don't know if you're familiar with that story or or were alive to see it, but what happened was these these half-wits, these idiots, these haters, these wastes of skin, they marched through Skokie because the court said, yeah, they get the freedom of speech just like everybody else. And... And, and people came together in solidarity with the Jewish folks in looking at these morons and saying, what a bunch of morons. And it discredited their ideas because they were so obviously stupid and loathsome. They let the sunshine bright on that philosophy, and it was exposed for what it is. Well, the ACLU has changed a lot, friends, and now they are just an organization that represents the far, far left and only the far left in America. And they have hired a cabal of lawyers who are suing the pants off the deepest pockets in the world, the federal government, trying to get as much money as possible um, for anybody who broke immigration law, then was detained lawfully, but now is going to sue. And because lawsuits can be so incredibly expensive and because there are so many of them, Sometimes the cheapest thing to do is to settle and just write a bunch of checks. Well, the potential payout could cost a billion dollars or more. A billion dollars. I want you to keep in mind the the figure. Uh, $450,000 a person, maybe $3.4 million for a family. Give me a Tucker's clip 84 there, Michael. You won't be surprised to learn, according to the paper, that nearly 1,000 reparations claims have already been filed. Why not? The total payout from all this? More than a billion dollars. So how much is that exactly? Well, let's see. If you're an American citizen who is killed in a war defending your country, our government promises to send your family $100,000. 
That is less than a quarter of what Joe Biden intends to give illegal aliens for the inconvenience of being deported. They're once again getting $450,000 a piece from your tax receipts. Dead Marine, a hundred. Offended illegal, four fifty. Boy, they're going to make this next election so easy. Tucker's fired up. Give us eighty-five, Michael. So take three steps back. You've got to wonder how long this sort of thing can continue. How long before the people who make this country run, who by the way are not the same people who run this country, those are two very different groups, but before the people who make this country run decide they have had enough and they're not going to take it anymore. Why pay your taxes at this point? Seriously. It's too insulting. It's too destructive. It is evil. Now who knows how long it's going to take to get there, but at this rate, it's coming quick. And we continue to set records at the border, the border as a whole. I was just reading the border at Texas set a record. Again, I think that's obvious. It's getting a lot of attention only on Fox News generally, uh, but it's getting a lot of attention. California set a record. Uh, the, the, the biggest uh, flood of the illegal since 08, uh, at least 202,000 authorized immigrants encountered by the Border Patrol and probably an equal number got through without being contacted. Uh, 1.7 million people across America contacted, probably an equal number got in. Um, it's just, it's astonishing. And what's really crazy politically, it's almost like watching a suicide unfolding. Um, and I'm not particularly concerned that the Democrats hold on to the White House. In fact, quite the opposite. More to come. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The New York, where thousands of fire department union members protest outside the mayor's mansion over coronavirus vaccination requirements. Mayor Bill de Blasio's new rule requires them to get at least one dose. Fire officials estimate 32% of the department is unvaccinated right now. Union, union officials say 70% have already had the virus. Well, those are the very cops and firefighters Brett Baer was referring to in his report there on Fox News. New York City cops, firefighters outside the governor's mansion there in New York chanting, let's go, Brandon, in protest of the city's vaccine mandate. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's a stand in for F Joe Biden. I don't think we need more courts in this in America, but it's, it's, it's more polite. Kids can hear it. And, you know, it's, it's okay. But so, uh, those people are pissed off about the vaccine mandate. Cops, firefighters don't want to get the jab. Um, meanwhile, children as young as five may not only be able to get vaccinated as soon as next week. In some quadrants of this great country, including the blue ones, California, for instance, Washington, Oregon, other places, they're going to get required, be required to get the jab, to go to school. We will not educate your kids unless they get jabbed, in spite of the microscopic danger to youngsters. Yeah, the kid might get it, might spread it to granny. I understand that. But the idea that it's not only a good idea, clearly, for the youngsters. And, and again, for the umpteenth time, I got the vaccine. I got it as soon as I could. I'm going to go get a booster as soon as I can. I'm fine with it for adults. It's up to you what you think. Um, but the idea that 
for little children who are at no risk from the COVID. None, really. Um, that not only is it a good idea that they get the jab, but it's so clearly and indisputably a good and safe idea that we're going to mandate it or we won't educate your children. I just, I, I think the world has, has lost its mind. Absolutely lost its mind. Now, I have a lot more faith, a little more faith in some of the processes that the FDA goes through to approve drugs than some of y'all do. I probably have less faith than some of y'all do. Uh, Pfizer and BioNTech have completed a three-phase clinical trial in kids 5 to 11 years old. The company submitted all the data to the FDA. The main study uh, included 2,250 kids. It's a decent sample size. Found that the lower dose version of the vaccine was 90, about 91% effective in preventing symptomatic COVID-19. It was given as a series of two shots, 21 days apart. The dose, 10 micrograms, which is a third of the dose given to adults and teenagers. No serious side effects, such as the uh, cardiomyodidum, uh, the swelling of the heart, the heart inflammation. No serious side effects were reported, although with only a few thousand children included in the research, that sort of rare problem wouldn't necessarily be detected anyway. This week, on October 26th, panel of outside scientists considered Pfizer's safety and efficiency, or efficacy data, I should say, along with an analysis from FDA scientists on risks and benefits. After some lively discussion, the group overwhelmingly voted yes, that the benefits of the Pfizer vaccine outweigh the risks for use in this age group. Again, the benefits to me are iffy. The risks, though they are probably very small, are unnecessary. Now the FDA itself, the agency, needs to consider the advisor's vote on Pfizer's smaller dose shot for kids and decide whether to extend the emergency use authorization for the youngsters. It would be a lot easier to take this stuff in good faith, wouldn't it, my friends, if we hadn't been lied to so many times already? If we hadn't been told uh, the white lies and the and had you know county health jackasses closed golf courses... Even while I was screaming, I'm a, I'm a talk show host. I'm a curious guy. I read a lot, but I'm not a super genius. I'm not some sort of, you know, the PhD in, in medicine. But I said, look, in, in, for instance, in a golf course, a, a, a tennis court, a park, it's nearly impossible to transmit a disease even if you wanted to. It's just self-evident. It's so obvious. It's right there in front of us. And yet these county health gurus were we're shutting down the single best thing you and your kids kids could have been doing. Staying outside, playing outside, being with your friends outside, your relatives outside. You want to space yourselves a little bit? That's fine. Although, frankly, you could be, you know, standing in each other's shirts and you probably wouldn't give each other the COVID if there's any breeze of blowing. But so these alleged geniuses who who seize the reins of power, emergency power to keep us all safe, will keep you safe. They exercise those awesome quote-unquote emergency powers, which will probably never go away, so stupidly. They spent all the good faith that they could have accumulated. And so, yeah, like I said, I mean, there's a continuum of, like, cynic to skeptic to, okay, I guess I believe to people who just... Generally, people on the left who just rush to embrace absolutely everything that the great Fauci has to say, like the great Wizard of Oz of Health. 
Um, and and there's a continuum, and I I don't we we don't have to hate each other if we have different opinions for this stuff. But I will tell you one thing, faux show, and that is that the the people in charge have absolutely stomped on their own credibility and absolutely, pardon me, it's a coarse expression, pissed away any good faith we the people might have had, which is why you don't grant sweeping executive powers to these people and you reject the notion that there's an emergency unless there damn well is an emergency. And then you damn well lift the emergency designation the first second you can. Anyway, one of the examples of that, of course, is the the covering up uh, for China by the WHO. And Fauci and the and the FDA and everybody, when it was absolutely infinitely clear that the Chinese were covering up and and obfuscating and, and jailing anybody who dared share data with the world and the rest of it, it was Chinese asshole. That's a that's a good summary. Uh, it was and my by the way, Michael, a uh, hail Fauci is always appropriate when we're talking the, talking about this stuff. Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! But then when it became clear that that vaunted letter from Peter Daszak and, and company was. Uh, just covering the tracks of himself and Dr. Fauci and the NIH and the rest of it. Um, I mean, it was then that I, I, I strayed from the reservation, which, again, is an expression I should not be using, according to Brandeis University. But so the question arose, was the NIH and Fauci, through DASAC, funding gain-of-function research? Rand Paul's been big on this. We've been big on this. Um this, you know, there are too many names involved here, but I'll, I'll tell you this. The one dude who's involved intimately in these grants and distributing them says it addressed the research conducted with the money in question. The limited experiment described in the final progress report provided by EcoHealth Alliance, this is Peter Daszak's outfit, was testing if spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of binding in the human AC2 receptor in a mouse model, blah, blah, blah. In this limited experiment, Remember, that's the phrase uh, Fauci used the other day. In this limited experiment, laboratory mice infected with the blah, 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 bat coronavirus became sicker than those infected with the other coronavirus. As sometimes occurs in science, this was an unexpected result of the research as opposed to something that the researchers set out to do. Don't worry, I'm getting to the punchline here. Republicans were quick to resurface Fauci's May congressional testimony in which, speaking to Rand Paul, he said that the NIH and the NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So does the recent letter render that contention false? Well, it depends, and I'm going to quote now from the dispatch, who did some pretty good writing on this. It depends on which definition of gain of function research you use and i had a feeling it was something like this at the broadest level it simply means an experiment where an organism is imbued with some sort of new property they enhance the organism which is what we've been saying it's what Rand paul's been saying in the context of virology though in that specific field the practice for which the nih paused funding uh, for a while, then resumed it, got back to it, typically describes research in which scientists genetically alter a virus to tweak its transmissibility, pathogenicity, or host range to make it more contagious and deadly. This allows researchers to look into the future and come up with cures and the rest of it. So in a statement, an NIH spokesperson sought to narrow the relevant definition further, still focusing on a subset of gain-of-function research involving enhanced potential pandemic pathogens, e PPP. The proposed research was determined to not meet the definition of EPPP research because the bat coronaviruses used in this research have not been shown to affect humans. 
And the experiments were not reasonably expected to increase transmissibility or virulence in humans. The term gain of function has common usage, but only if you already knew it was infecting humans and you enhance it to infect humans. In this case, it was not known to have already infected humans, but they made it stronger to see what might happen if it was infecting humans. You see the slight difference there, the subtle difference? It is purely a technical difference. It is a very legalistic, slicing the scientific terms thin argument. So let me revise the Armstrong and Getty slash Rand Paul argument. Y'all beefed up the virus to see what would happen. And to see if you could maybe get ahead of it and cure it. Because I think their intentions were good. In fact, I'm pretty certain of it. You beefed up the virus to make it more dangerous so you can study it. Now, if that is not technically gain-of-function research, according to your incredibly narrow legalistic uh, scientific argument, okay, I concede that. I have been using the wrong term, and I apologize for it. So let's just call it beefing the bastard up. You provided the funding. You partnered with the Chinese. You're in bed with this Peter Daszak, who is absolutely, well, he's covered up a crime like crazy. When's the last time you knew somebody covered up a crime who didn't commit a crime? Hmm? Right. Yeah, I know. So you beefed the bastard up. All right, Dr. Fauci, your move. Let's get you back before the Senate. It's about time for you to admit we beefed the bastard up. We partnered with an evil, oppressive, deadly communist regime. China! That's, that's the one, sir. The minute things went sideways, they went into full commie mode and denied to the world the knowledge that could have saved millions of lives. Now, come on, China! All right, Foucher, you don't have to say it was gain of function. It was beefing the bastard up. Tell the truth, you weasel. We're going to finish strong next. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Thank you for the rush, Michael. I am a rush freak. I, Joe Getty, am a rush freak. Have been since I was a youth. It was... I'm, uh, any uh, fellow rush fans, I'm going to make you feel old now. Brace yourselves. It was 40 years ago today that Rush released the Exit Stage Left album. Their fantastic live album chronicling mostly the second chunk of their career. It's probably one of my Desert Island discs. How many Desert Island discs do you get? I mean, how the hell do you get time to get discs ready before you go to a desert island? I don't know how that all works, but that'd probably be on it. My desert island discs are heavy with double albums, which is <laughs> partly just that some of my favorite albums happen to be double albums, but it's a pretty good practical uh, strategy as well. But yeah, uh, Exit Stage Left would be one of my desert uh, island discs. Um, uh, anyway. Uh, so I uh, got a couple of notes on our discussion of uh, Michigan State University's absolutely unintentionally hilariously uh, insane instructions on what is and is not an acceptable Halloween costume. 
And one of the interesting things, uh, their guidelines, is does this costume reference a certain culture or identity? And if it is, uh, is it mine to claim? Um, well, uh, San Antonio Dave says, I was going to go as a Mexican because I'm Mexican. <laughs> but now my friends and I will go as the letters Let's Go Brandon. So if you are, for instance, Mexican, can you go as like a poncho wearing, you know, big Chevy's sombrero wearing black mustache sporting Mexican cliche or or, or not? I mean, if, if, if you're a black man, could you go full on like, I mean, you probably wouldn't want to. I get that. But according to Michigan State, you can if it's your culture. I don't get that. So we worked our way through this earlier, and it was uh, it was pretty funny. But for those of you just tuning in, uh, first of all, the thing you need to know about this article is it quotes the senior vice president for residential and hospitality services and auxiliary enterprises. It quotes the director of health promotion. Okay, at least that's a brief title. It quotes the assistant dean for student success initiatives and director of the neighborhood student success collaborative. It quotes, I think there's one more. Uh, Oh, no, that's just a public school guy. Um, So what they're telling you is we're asking you to think about this now before heading into the excitement of the weekend. Make a plan. Be respectful. Being mindful of Halloween costumes that perpetuate stereotypes and cultural appropriation. And do what is best for you, your fellow Spartans, and the East Lansing community. The article mentions visible and invisible identities having concerns about Halloween costumes, uh, whatever that means. And they point out, while most think of Halloween as a time to dress in costume and celebrate all things spooky, it can also become a breeding ground for racist, sexist, culturally insensitive, and biased behaviors. Halloween can be an opportunity to... Oh, I'm sorry. Back to happy. Halloween can be an opportunity to creatively dress and decorate. But the experts consider... Or tell you to consider how costumes that portray specific groups in demeaning ways like criminals. Let's stop right there. We're not allowed to demean criminals. I mean, I don't particularly need to demean anybody, but criminals? Oh, and they say you shouldn't hypersexualize yourself. What if I'm a slut? Huh? That's my culture. I get to embrace it. Happy Halloween, my fellow sluts. Admit me, chorus to this history. Who, prologue-like, your humble patients pray, gently to hear, kindly to judge, the final thoughts of Armstrong and Getty. A little wordy there, champ, but thank you. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room, keeping an eye on things, our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? Yeah, true story. I was like six years old, and I dressed up like Casper the Ghost, but it was the first year I made my own costume, and I ended up looking like a clan member. And so I had to actually change costumes. Yeah, I had two parents say, you know, they were horrified by my outfit. Oh, 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 boy, unfortunate. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer doing his thing. Hey, Alex, what's your final thought? Hey, so PETA put out a statement saying they want to change Major League Baseball and change what they call the bullpen, and they want to call it the arm barn because it's insensitive to cows, which I say, (laughs) leave my baseball alone. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're experts at getting publicity. That's the only thing they were looking for there. Uh, Jack's final thought is he hopes he feels better soon as he's got the vid and feeling pretty crappy in spite of being vaccinated. So he is resting and trying to recover. We certainly hope to see him on Monday. Uh, My final thought is uh, have a great Halloween. 
Uh, you know, try not to offend anybody with your your uh, your costume, but don't worry about the nut jobs. Um, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. You ought to go to armstrongandgetty.com for a couple of compelling reasons. Number one, uh, virtually all of the articles and, and, and things we referenced are under hot links. If you missed a chunk of the show, for instance, uh, we had a technical glitch while I was talking to Steve Hilton. Uh, and if you missed that, you can grab that. Armstrong and Getty On Demand, whether you go through the website or wherever podcasts are made available. Also, we've got some great Let's Go Brandon gear. People are really enjoying uh, giving that as gifts for Christmas. And, you know, the earlier you order a Christmas present, the better off you are. So uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com. We've got a lot of cool A&G swag, and it helps to keep everybody around even during, uh, you know, difficult times on the staff. So Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thank so little time. We thank you for listening. Again, go to armstrongandgetty.com. We'll keep an eye on all the crap happening in the world so you don't have to over the weekend. And we will see ye here on Monday. God bless America. There'll be order in the house. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gun. And I hate that. There's still an opportunity to join us in being adults in the room. Are you <laughs> I'm pissed. You, you, you. Don't interact with them and just shut up about it. Hopsies on that? It's, it's, it's really serious. Bye. Have a great Friday, you mother. The Armstrong and Getty.